Welcome to the Choi Life Principles. My name is Emmeline Choi and I'm a skincare specialist. I'm always on the hunt for new ways to keep my body, mind and of course my skin healthy. So why not join me while I interview a range of experts, some of who are my friends, all based in the wellness industry, to see if we can learn any new ways to stay healthy in our mind, body and spirit, which will hopefully also lead to some great looking skin. Stress and overwhelm can be quite a big part of our lives, unfortunately. I find there are many different ways to help treat it, but one of my favourite things to do is to simply use a blend of essential oils and an oil burner to help me calm down and rest when I feel like life is getting a little bit too much. My favourite combination is just simply lavender and frankincense essential oil. I'm not sure if you're aware, but I have my own range of essential oils available to buy via my shop on my website. These are all really high quality, pure essential oils that work beautifully with an oil burner. If you are unsure of which essential oil will suit you, I have added so much information on my website to educate you as much as possible and give you the confidence you need to use essential oils in your daily life. Why not treat yourself today and visit www.choi.life forward slash shop and purchase yours today. In this episode of the podcast, I sit down with Sarah Lawrence from the yoga family. Sarah is one of the most amazing yoga teachers that I have ever come across. Alongside her, her sister Jane and her soon-to-be brother-in-law Victor, they make up the yoga family. Sarah is also a Reiki master and I would also say she's a master of creating balance in her life. So as much as we talk about yoga in this episode, I also wanted to speak with her about the topic of overwhelm. Between all the crazy hours that she does, the classes, the private tuition, the yoga videos, and of course all of her social media, I couldn't not ask, how does she balance it all? So I really hope you enjoyed this podcast today. It is a slightly longer one than usual, so maybe grab a big mug of herbal tea, get in a nice comfy chair, and sit back and listen to the soothing sounds of Sarah Lawrence. Right, welcome Sarah Lawrence to the podcast. Thank you. Um... (laughs) I want to start today with you just telling me a bit about yourself. Who is Sarah Lawrence and who is Sarah Lawrence pre-yoga? Okay, so um, I am, well, I'm a yoga teacher and I've been teaching for about seven years and I have a company with my sister and my soon-to-be brother-in-law called Victor and um, our company is called The Yoga Family. Um, Before yoga, I was a nurse so I worked as a nurse for six years and it was extremely stressful I was extremely burnt out I was very depressed very anxious and then finally after six years of nursing I had a really bad back injury so I gave up nursing and that's what brought me to yoga so when you when did you what age did you start there's a lot of questions when did you what do you what do you what age (laughs) did you start um nursing so I started nursing I started my training at 17 so I went to Manchester University at 17 and to do a diploma in nursing very young I think very young to be thrown into like the hospital environment for me it was very stressful what age are people normally um I think people start at different ages um I mean you can start at any way anyone any time from the age of 17 but um most of my friends from my university course were a lot older than me and had a bit more uh, probably just a little bit more life experience I felt very overwhelmed at university 
um, so I started it at 17, I did my first year, and then I actually took a year out, and I thought, fuck this, I don't want to be a nurse, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, excuse my language, I am going to swear <laughs> quite a fine, bit, probably. Um, yeah, and then I decided after a year out, I thought, no, this is a really good profession, and naturally I think I'm a really caring person and I felt like it was something that I would be really good at so I just was like no just get back into it um so I went back into university and finished finished my diploma and then my first job um out of university was in A&E oh my at, god yeah, Stacking Hill and um I kind of it's funny really because I went for that job I actually got about four job offers and I went for that job because of I'll be totally honest, because of the status attached to it, yeah. because it was like, if you're an A&E nurse, you're a badass, you know, you can, you can deal with stress, you can deal with trauma, and you must be so strong, and you must be like the best of the best type thing, and that was my perception, it might be totally off, I actually think anybody who is a nurse or is in the medical profession is a badass, because it's, yeah. it's all so intense, but at that age, you know, I was... I was 22 by this age and um, I just thought no I just I need to go for the hardest job I um, I had something to prove I wanted to prove that I was I was capable and that I could do it and I really had a, a, probably a bit of a chip on my shoulder yeah. that I was like no I need to go for the hardest job and it was so intense and I felt so stressed all the time I felt so scared all the time just the intensity of working in in A&E and just the the hierarchy and the people that I was working with it it was just intense and and I I hated it yeah. I absolutely hated it I mean I don't think you can ever prepare for what because no no, no one is going to know what's going to come through that door no way oh my god it gives me like goosebumps just thinking about it now I, like I, it does oh. it makes me i can feel it now like i just the the fear that i felt every day and honestly like hats off so many of my friends are still nurses a lot of them have been in a and e intensive care all different types of nurses and i admire them so much because they, they must have the resilience within their nervous system to be able to cope with it. And knowing what I know now as a yoga teacher, I can look back and see that I didn't have that resilience in my nervous system and I didn't really have that strength in my mindset either to be able to cope. I think some people can, and I mean, I just think they're amazing. For me at that age, at that point in my life, um, I, I couldn't, and it, it, yeah, it was less than, less than 12 months in. Um, I was having horrendous panic attacks. Mm. The panic attacks mainly happened when I was outside of work. When I was in work, I was just on fight or flight. You just, you just yeah. have to get on with it. And then I'd leave work and I tried to just, like I don't know, maybe like go to the pub and meet a friend, and I'd start shaking and and I'd start crying and I would I'd start to space out and I'd get pins and needles in my hands and my legs, and I was having these really intense panic attacks. So it just ruined my quality of life. And was that from the pressure of having to deal with the situation or the things that you'd seen? Or Both, both. Yeah. And I think probably my mindset as well. I think some of it was external, you know, the situations, the trauma that I was seeing. Um, 
and just the environment, the kind of really high stress, high fast paced environment. Some of it I think was just from the internal pressures as well of feeling like, um, feeling like a fraud, feeling like, you know, I didn't really know the answers to everything. You know, I was a brand new nurse. Yeah. Thrown in at the deep end. And I think my story probably would resonate with so many nurses and so many people in loads of different types of jobs that you're thrown into these jobs and you just, you don't feel like you know what you're doing. Um, you know, I remember having an amazing mentor. She was brilliant and that did give me a bit of confidence. But then, you know, your mentor's overworked and stressed out yeah. and she's going through her, her, you know, her struggles. So it's, I think, I felt very unsupported. Mm. Um, but internally, I just felt like all the time I was like on high alert and... I yeah. think even even when you're just new at any job, I mean, even if you go to the local co- um, coffee shop and you see a kid on the first day, they look nervous of... Petrified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when you're coming to deal with A&E, that must be... Yeah, definitely. And I see it now, obviously. Now I've been teaching yoga now for six, seven years and I've met a lot of um, yoga teachers that I've mentored myself, which has been a really nice experience. And I see that same fear in them when they first teach their first yoga class. And it was exactly the same when I first taught my first yoga class or the first time I taught a workshop or first time I taught a retreat. You get that same nervous feeling. I think the difference now is that through the practice of yoga, I've, I've built up tools like mental tools and I've got breathing techniques and things I can use to, to calm myself down and know that I'm safe. But yeah, at that point in my life, God, it was just, the intensity was just too much. And my health just broke down completely. And six years in, you decided to <clears throat> yeah, so, suck it off. Yeah, I, tra- I came out of a and went into like public health. So I was a practice nurse. So slower pace, a bit more clinical supervision, which worked better for me. And, um, and then I nursed out in Australia for a couple of years oh, as a amazing. community nurse. Yeah, that was really cool. I was in Sydney. Um, up on the northern beaches so it was a bit of a dream job really beautiful environment really nice lifestyle still felt the the pressure of 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 the job though and and kind of this unresolved anxiety and depression that was running through me and then finally my my back went and that was the that was the last that was the last part and after that But it was, I take it that was from the stress as opposed to I think you it kind was, of bent over funny. It, it was kind of, I think it was both, I think, a, f- a few things really. I think it was from the stress that my body was holding. Um, and I was doing a lot of bending over, yeah, like you said, yeah. <clears throat> it was it was a work-related injury. Um, and then I think as well just it was you know accumulation of of all of that really and I think my my back just decided no I can't I can't do this anymore Mm. and I even after I'd had my injury and I was in so much pain I went back to work about three times and kept trying to Mm. because it was very at at that time my identity was attached to being a nurse Mm. I didn't know who I was without being a nurse yeah at that age yeah so this by this point I'm 26 and I was like no way like I don't know, like, I almost felt like I had no identity um, with without being a nurse. Um, so it was really hard to, like, really, really hard to let go of yeah, it. Like, m- my back literally forced me to, to stop and to, and to slow down. Well, your body just says, you need to stop now, Sarah. I <clears throat> literally can't do it anymore. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And the other thing that was happening was that I was to deal with the co- when I was living in Australia to cope with the stress of of my job and to work on my mental health. I was um, I was running all the time, right. so I was probably running potentially up to like six times a week. Ooh. And I'd I'd been running when I was in England as well, and I built all the way up to doing a marathon, and and I loved the feeling and I know this would resonate with a lot of runners is it's like that becomes your therapy yeah and when and I think the thing is I was I love the running but I didn't love the stretching and I didn't really do it very very much at all and that had an effect on my back right because my my hips and my back and my hamstrings and my quads were all so tight um, from the running but I hadn't released any of that tension and, and that had impacted on my lower back eventually it's probably what because so. a lot of people have lower back problems don't they so many and people it's, it probably comes from the the back of the body not obviously it's from the back but like your hamstrings and the lower part of your body 100 percent, yeah. yeah for so many people that we see now the the tension that they're holding in the physical body is the hamstrings well really everywhere but yeah. a big a big a big um factor in back injuries is tight hamstrings tight quads, tight hip flexors. Um, and because that's all tight, it's literally pulling your lower back and your mm. pelvis out of alignment. And that's when you start to see these um, these little niggles that then turn into to bigger injuries. Um, and our hip flexors, so the, the muscle that, that brings your leg up when you're running and when you're, you're using it, you know, a lot of the time throughout the day is the, the main muscle in fight or flight. So, for people that are going through a lot of stress, that muscle is contracting all day long, right? Because the the body is is sending these signals to the muscles to say, "Come on, we need to run away, or we need right, to yeah. we need to fight this stress." And because that muscle is contracting and contracting, it then pulls the lower back out. Is that linked to hips at all? And that links into the hips because I yeah. know if you can get that emotion. They say oh hips are God. very emotional, don't they? Hundred yeah. percent. So this is and this is, I think what's amazing is where I am at now in like in my journey looking back I can see that that back injury there was so many factors in it so there was the fact that I was running and not stretching so there was a physical tightness Mm -hmm. there was depression and anxiety that I hadn't um, been working through and hadn't actually been resolving and then all the stress that my body been under had been tightening my hips and it really is, it's like that emotion that you've not worked through is literally just being held in your yeah. hips. And then it just goes ping. And then one day your back just yeah. is gone, yeah. And then, the, I mean, it's funny you're bringing up emotion because that's when that's at the point when I started yoga. And um, I remember being in one of my first yoga classes and went into one of the postures called pigeon pose, which Oof. you know. <laughs> you know. Love a good yeah, pigeon. You love a pigeon. <laughs> and... Um, I remember coming into the posture and I had no idea what was happening to me, but I just started Pid- crying. Pigeon is, is like when you're, how do you describe pigeon? Um, someone doesn't oh, know. It's hard to explain. So you kind of, you're lying forward. So you've got one knee um, kind of in front of your body. The other leg is kind of reaching backwards. It's straight. And it's the ultimate hip And it's opener. like one of the ultimate, yeah, it yeah. probably is the ultimate hip opener really, isn't it? It's working on the tension around your glutes and your piriformis. Um, or the inner thighs as well it's also depending on the variation extending into your hip flexors as well so re- and it's it really is very yeah, very intense. intense yeah it's intense so you started crying I started crying yeah oh. I remember looking around the class and everyone was like looked so calm and zen 
And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I'm there, tears just streaming down my face. And I had no idea, no idea. And obviously now, like I said, with experience and with knowledge, I can look back and, and know that I was releasing some of the the emotions that I've not yeah. released. Because when you're in that fight or flight and you're just going and going and going, there's no space, there's no time for processing emotion. Well, no, you, you're constantly Because you're just going. You're running from the tiger run- or something, Yeah, it, and yeah. it is exactly that. It is, it's like running from a tiger and that's your life. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you're so burnt out, you're dropping to sleep, but there's no space for being with yourself and being with your emotions. I mean, and I always explain this, you know, in our yoga classes as well, because um, I was really freaked out when that happened and I started crying because I just thought, I am a mental person. Like, everybody else is all super zen and I'm crying. (laughs) But at that point, I was like, what is going on? And now I understand it and can go, no, it's, you know, we're releasing, we're releasing the emotion that that we haven't given ourselves an opportunity to release. And now I don't really judge it when that happens. I still cry all the time in my yoga practice. And we see people cry all the time. And I think, just better out than in now. Just let it out. So before we go right into the whole yoga talk. Okay. (laughs) How, uh, if we kind of keep it in that sort of that era, were you, um, during your your youth when you were growing up and then as as you became a nurse, were you into this health and wellness or were you more a bit more party? <laughs> was it a bit more sugar? What were you you surviving on? I Caffeine? think you will know the answer to that. <laughs> I was more of a... Um, Had you done yoga whilst... No, right, I've never okay. done any yoga. So my first experience of yoga was in Australia. So when I was 26, at the same time when, when I finished nursing, that was my first experience. Prior to that, I was just living probably quite unconsciously, um, just getting through the days um, and no yoga, no mindfulness, no kind of meditation techniques. Um, I actually probably would kind of look down on that kind of stuff and mm. be like, oh, so hippie. it's such a hippie thing to do yeah. and I would just think it was total bullshit and yeah, nothing. I was just more going out and drinking. Mm. Yeah. And that was my, like, my running was my therapy Um and then just going out drinking and that would be how I would feel like I would release any yeah. stress would be going out and going absolutely mental. And I am very good at drinking, so I can stay out all night. <laughs> not like me. I'm not like I am not like you. I'm not I am not like one drink and I need to go and lie Half down. Half a shot latte and it's like, oh it's too much. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm more of a like it's five o'clock in the morning and everybody else wants to go home and I'm going, where can we go? Oh God. Yeah, so I was just like, um, you know, and that was, as I think the story of so many people as well, it's like, that's, that's the culture. That's the culture that we'd be brought up in. So that's, that's the norm and it's, and it's, I just thought that was normal and that's how you, that's how you cope. I probably didn't even realise either, like, that that was a tool I was using to try to cope with the stress of life because, I was just, that was my unconscious behaviour. Mm. Um, and it's for so many people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And for so many people, like, for a certain period, it works. It's a, it's almost a survival technique because if you can, if you've got shit that you've not dealt with, um, you, you're going through anxiety, you're going through depression and you can reach for that glass of wine and that numbs the pain, you know, potentially that, that allows us to survive yeah. and get through it. 
if we don't have the resilience and the tools and the resources to actually deal with the issues. Um, and I think that's why alcohol is, is um, you know, is, is what so many people go for, yeah. among other it's things. It's easy, like, it's there, and it yeah. seems to be fun. And, and it's socially things. acceptable. Yeah. yeah. So, and my story would be that of, like, just loads of binge drinking. You know, for other people, you know, it's drugs. Yeah. Um, anything, anything that allows you to escape from your pain, and that would, that would have been me. Mm. And it really wasn't until I got on my yoga mat the first time and and started to, to go inwards and see what's going on that I actually things started changing and then how did you go from um your first yoga class to becoming a yoga teacher because <laughs> well, I love yoga but I don't think I could teach it so that's a big transition oh, I think you could definitely teach Emmeline <laughs> I can totally Jeez, see I don't you think being you a want teacher one day <laughs> maybe not maybe not um, well, my I'm first... way too bossy. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? You're doing it wrong. You've been in my classes. You know how bossy I am. Um, so the first yoga class, I can honestly say that I just, I hated it. Mm. Absolutely hated it. Me too. Um, yeah, re- I really did. I just, my whole body was shaking. Um, I felt really intimidated by the people that were there as well. I felt really out of place. I felt like... I didn't really get much like warmth off the teacher either. There was no kind of like introducing himself or um you know and I, I, ju- I just I just hated it I just it, it just was so uncomfortable and I really was like I'm never ever doing yoga again luckily one of my friends in Sydney was like obviously watching me running 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 burnt out at work very stressed drinking and was like you need to do some yoga so I went to um, a studio in Sydney and I went to um I've paid like $20 for a 10 day pass and you know like I don't know if you're the same but being from Manchester like I've always been taught to get your money's worth (laughs) so I was like I've paid $20 so I will go every day and I went consistently for 10 days and I think that's what you know I was in pigeon pose crying I was like didn't know what was going on but something shifted for me in that 10 days and um, it was almost like it was almost like um, there was a veil in front of my eyes and somebody lifted it up and I could see properly for the first time. Um, I think that's the only way I can really explain it. I remember coming out of the studio and looking at the sea and, and the beach and I was living in Manly and being like, wow, this is beautiful. I didn't understand what had happened, but I knew that I was feeling something internally that I hadn't felt before. There was a feeling of, um, of peace, of contentment, a feeling of being grateful to be alive. Yeah. Something had shifted, and I think it was at that moment where I was like, I don't understand yoga, but I want to know more. Um, so I had my back injury around mm. that time, and then I had about five months off work where I kept trying to go back and couldn't make this nursing work, so I had to finally let that go and very impulsively I moved to Hong Kong (laughs) and um such a random place to move to I moved there for I moved there for a a relationship right okay okay fair enough (laughs) which didn't work well yeah (laughs) but but you got to stay in Hong Kong which is my favorite place yeah and it it took me on a it took me on a journey that I wasn't expecting and it felt for me it felt like the right move so I um I got there and I was hoping to nurse there but that still wasn't happening and one of my friends, I just remember this conversation where she said to me, 
oh, you know, you always liked those yoga classes you went to. Maybe you should be a yoga teacher. And it was such an offhand comment. And I just went online and found a teacher training that was starting 10 days later. And rang the teacher. He said, like, come down to a class. I went to the class. It was so hard. Oh, Hong Kong is... It's next level hardcore. hard. Even it's I won't like, even go to a yoga class in Hong so Kong. I'm scary. too scared. <laughs> and and <laughs> me being me, I was like, okay, I don't... I'd kind of lied to it. Well, I'm not kind of lied. I had lied <laughs> to him. He he said, you know, how long have you been doing yoga, yoga for? Normally we accept people into this course that have been doing it about 18 months. And I said, oh yeah, that's about how long I've, I've been doing it. 10 days in I've Australia. I've done 10 <laughs> days, yeah. And, a few, and you know, like a few little random classes here and there. So I really, I think if we could put it all together, the maximum I could have called it is three months. Oof. Yeah, so I really did bullshit my way onto the course, 100%. But I thought... I don't know, I just had this feeling that I just wanted to do it and I thought I'm going to go for it. So I went along to this class and he said... Um, You're crap. <laughs> yeah, he said, you are lying. No, so he said to me, before the class, he said, can you do a headstand and can you do wheel pose, which is like the crab? Right, yeah. And um, and I, again, on the, on the phone, I just said, yeah, and lied. <laughs> oh and then when God. I put the phone down, I had a little go. I went to a wall and was like, oh, just about kind of kick up into a bit of a messy headstand with a wall. And I got to this class and uh, <laughs> he was like, okay, hit, we're, now we're going to do a headstand for 15 minutes. <gasps> no joke, 15 minutes. And I looked at him and he obviously saw like the fear in my <laughs> eyes. And he was like, right, well, he said, you know, you can use the warm. And I think I went up 15 times for like one minute at a time because oh, obviously Were people no... just there up for 15 minutes? Oh my God, yeah. At the end of this class, I found out that this class that I'd gone to was his class for his qualified teachers. Oh, oh my so God. So everybody apart from me in the class was actually a qualified yoga teacher. And I was just in there flailing around. God knows what I was doing. <laughs> like, who's this amateur? Yeah. This rock but then, So I spoke to, so the teacher's called Patrick and I spoke to him at the end of the class and he said, you know, people think when they're going to a yoga teacher training that they need to have had this like really strong physical practice beforehand and they need to have gone through this big transformation. And he said, but the transformation happens on the course. That's where you're going to learn. Um, and I just like, I like, I liked him as a teacher and I thought, right, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I can spend a month learning off this guy. And I, and I went and did my teacher training there. That is, that is intense. That's probably why you are the way you are <laughs> because Hong Kong is um, when it comes to yoga, it, it is they take it proper serious. Yeah, like, really it, serious. It is. It's really intense. Like the course was, there was I think there was twenty eight of us on the course, but there was sixty people in the morning practices. Wow. So a lot of his um, teachers that he taught came to the morning practice, and it was two hours in the morning. And oh my god, like the, just the intensity of the physical practice and. Um, what he demanded of us was just 100% commitment, 100% focus, and um, and to be in that room. And I just remember so many times just feeling like, I, I knew that I'd bullshitted my way onto the course, and I was thinking, what am I doing here? And so many times I just felt like I just wanted to stand up and run out of the room. Mm. And I forced myself to stay and confront those, like, self-limiting beliefs of I'm not good enough to be here because whether it's true or not it doesn't 
really matter. It's irrelevant. I am here. Yeah. I'm here now. I've paid my, you know, two and a half grand. Got to get your money's worth. <laughs> got to get my money's worth. <laughs> two and a half grand. Yeah, I was like, Hong Kong is expensive. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so it was, I was like, no, I've got to, I've got to stick it out and, and, and be here. And, and I think what I liked about is the way that they taught was the physical practice was so intense, but he really made you go deeper and deeper and start to confront what is going on mentally for you and honestly the first time in my life where I actually started looking at my thoughts and I just realized during that course oh my god no wonder I am depressed and anxious and having panic attacks Mm. because the the thoughts in my head are so nasty dark and so dark and again a, a story now that I've been teaching you know all these years a story that resonates with so many people is that, you know, in front they're showing a smile, but inside they're being horrible to themselves and then you're depressed. And I think that that first course that I did was really like, it was the start of, of looking at that, of what is going on internally. And I think what I've found in Hong Kong is that um, it's very, or what I don't like, not don't know if I don't want to say I don't like, but what I find really difficult, especially if you'd only been doing it for an accumulation of, say, three months, is to actually know what people are talking about. <laughs> because I've had yoga in Hong Kong and I haven't got a clue what people are saying. They want you to lift your, your bring your soul to the sky and fall oh, to the and floor really... and into the earth. And I'm like, what? What just... Yeah. What, what am I doing? And I think this is <laughs> why I, this is why I talk to Patrick so much because he was very clear and concise with his instructions, and there was no kind of fluffiness around oh, his instructions. I find that so hard. Yeah, and I think I, I really liked that about him. He was very and and he really shaped me as a as a teacher, uh, definitely for those first couple of years because he was like, if you can be clear and concise, they will get themselves where you're directing them to a lot faster um and I think I I think I really liked that so his instructions were very like you know front foot here back foot here arm straight bend your knee stand up tall and that worked for me because I think that like systematic part of my brain as well likes to just follow a a system of do this 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 and this well that's your nursing isn't it yeah 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 there's like there's a there's a process there and it can be and it can be followed um so yeah, but there are there's so many teachers in Hong Kong as well. It's massive. Yoga's just yeah. everybody I met was a yoga teacher. Yeah. So when I actually finished my course and I thought, oh, I really want to teach. I was desperate to teach. Like I just felt like I just felt like I'd found my calling, and I just was like, I need to be a yoga teacher. It's like this is what I have to do. And um, and then everybody I met was a yoga teacher, and I thought, God, how am I ever going to make this work? How am I ever going to make any money from this? But because it's so like it's really overpopulated as well, so there's loads of yoga teachers, but there's also loads of people. Yeah. <laughs> so I just found that through um, word of mouth, through social media, and just connecting with more and more people, I just built up more and more work. And within six months, I was working full time. Wow. Yeah, and I just I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was good, and you still are. Yeah, and I love it now. There's not been there's not been a day where I've wanted to like give up teaching since. I just I think amazing. it's I think it's an an amazing job. This and is, this is you, isn't it? This is who you are. So I don't yeah. think you'll ever be. I can't yeah. imagine you without yoga. No way. I can't. I couldn't let it go now. Yeah. It's just because it's 
it's crack, it's, isn't it? Yeah, it's like crack. It's just one of your other tastes. You just want more. Yeah, it's ma- it's like magic. It's magic, and I just have seen it. I know what it's done for me and how it's transformed my physical health, my mental health, my emotional well-being. It's opened me up in ways that you know I can't even sometimes put into words. And then the ability to also be able to share that with other people, I mean, it just gives gives my life so much purpose. Yeah. So yeah, can't give up this crack anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I feel we should talk about like going more into yoga because yeah, we've done right. half an hour, which is pretty hardcore already. <laughs> um, so to be the longest. Podcast yeah, it's you've fine. Ever done. It's fine. I love it. I love a good podcast. <laughs> Uh, let's start with the basics. What is yoga for anyone that doesn't know? So yoga... You've got half an hour in and yeah. you're like, what is she Go. talking about? <laughs> um, so yoga, so the word yoga means union. So it's about bringing together the body, the mind, and the deeper essence of who you are. So I think with that last bit, I think, you know, you could label it as soul, spirit, energy. Um, you can label it however you want. And I think I think we all need to be aware that everybody needs to find language that they're comfortable with and I, I know as a teacher I never kind of want to ram that bit down people's throats but the the idea is that the body and the mind and the soul for many of us have become disconnected and the yoga practice is bringing these th- three things into um, into union together so that would be what it is right I like that <laughs> who can benefit from yoga Everybody needs to do yoga. Everybody needs to Everybody do yoga. Everybody needs to do yoga, yeah. So I think because because the benefits, so if you think about like mind, mind, body, spirit, mind, body, soul, you know, if you just start with the body, we in the yoga practice, we move through physical postures. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of these postures is to strengthen the body, to strengthen the nervous system, to improve the breathing, um, to get more movement in the body. So the body needs a balance of strength and flexibility. Um, and the physicality is all about finding balance within every system of the body. So every one of us has a human body and we all need to bring it into balance. Yeah. So I think the physical practice would look different from person to person, but ev- every single person needs some form of, of yoga practice. I like that, so, they yeah. need it. They need it, they it. do need it, 100%, yeah. And if you're a beginner or you've never done yoga before, it it's quite overwhelming the different types of yoga with your Ashtanga, your Iyengar, your Yin, your this, your that. Um, where where would you recommend somebody start if after today they say, you know what, I'm gonna do it. Where do you where do you go from there? Yeah, tricky tricky because there's so much choice, which is amazing. But yeah, as a beginner, it can be really really overwhelming. I think it's useful to um, I mean, I, I think it depends on the person. I think for a lot of us, it might be useful to start with a little bit of a home practice, you know, get an online video, a short online video for 20 minutes and give that a little try. Um, just because, especially if you're somebody that feels a bit insecure going into a group setting, that can be a really nice way. If you're somebody that loves to sweat, maybe a hot yoga class, you know, go, go with what your kind of your gut instinct is with it. Um, if you are really burnt out and stressed, you want to be going for something slower. So yin yoga, restorative yoga. Um, but yeah, there's there's so many styles. I think for me, I think the thing that that makes it work for people is firstly a teacher that you connect with. Because if you don't connect with a teacher, it's going to be very difficult to connect with the mm. practice. Um, 
and a time that works for your schedule. Because if, if you can't get there, if it's not the right time and the right location for you, you're never going to commit to it regularly. And that's why I think a little bit of home practice is good for people. Um, and I think be willing as a beginner to, to try it. And if it doesn't work, to try a different teacher or a different style or a different setting, a different time of day. Yeah. You know, be willing at first. It's almost like coming into it like an experiment and just try different things and see what works for me and what doesn't just because you know one style of yoga doesn't feel right on your body or for your mental health or you know in whatever way doesn't feel good um you know don't rule it out altogether Mm. and we do see that a lot with people people say oh you know i tried yoga once and i didn't like it me too you know i tried it i hated it you said exactly the same and now we believe in it and we're Not so crack addicts. Yeah, we're crack, we're yoga crack addicts now. So it's like I think be willing to be willing to to try a few times and to try a few styles and and it changes. It changes like you know I've been practicing now like I said like 6 7 years and what I want from a practice has has changed and evolved over the years so and that's that's quite interesting and exciting really. And what would you say to the people that would always I hear this so often I can't do yoga I am not flexible flexible enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah well yeah you can (laughs) can. anybody can do it yeah I think it's a common misconception that yoga is about flexibility I mean if it was that simple I don't think there'd be as many of us teaching it it's so much um there's just so much in it like I said we're talking mind body soul connection that is like a big subject that's massive Mm. so to think of it and to say oh it's about flexibility is just making the practice seem so much smaller than it is the reason we think that is obviously because we see the pictures especially now with social media we see the pictures and we see these crazy flexible people with in these postures and we think it's about flexibility i think we just need to educate people and say it's not about flexibility and that comes as well with time yeah 100 percent. if you think about if you go into like i went into my yoga practice as a runner i was so tired with then a lower back injury that then caused lots of other little injuries within my body you know that flexibility that you know it comes with time because the years that that tension has been held in my body we can't expect that one yoga class is just gonna gonna walk out yeah. like a spaghetti man you know <laughs> it's just soft. soft yeah so it's like if you think of the years that have, you know we we just need to be realistic with the time and the goal isn't to be really flexible the goal is balance in body and mind you know the goal is not flexibility it is one of the it's a you know it's a great outcome of the practice but we teach a lot of people that are too flexible yeah. and actually their goal is about creating stability within the body so I think the flexibility thing is just hopefully a, about educating people and and getting over that common misconception and if people have injuries is it still okay definitely like I think back injury a hundred percent I think again I think you've got to find the right style for your injury the right class and I think the the yoga practice is gonna is gonna help any injury when done with caution when listening and respecting the injuries and the limitations one thing that you'll find um you know with our classes and i can't speak for every yoga teacher um but i know for myself i'll always say at the start of the class please listen to your body please listen to your injuries please 
respect your limitations. So, you know, if I take myself as an example, when I started with my back injury, if I had thrown myself into postures that my back was not ready for, I'm going to do more detriment. If I pull back and listen to that and listen to that, the pain is telling you something, the injury is telling you something, it's it's telling you that there's an imbalance within your physical body. It's probably telling you that there's there's emotions and, and some work to do on the mental health as well. So if we can listen internally and respect that, we can get so much from it. Um, unfortunately, we do see people in the yoga practice who come in and um, they've got an injury, but they're just desperate to do the mm. posture. And you just think, fuck it, I'll just do it anyway. Yeah. And it's just that once we get into that territory it's not really yoga anymore mm, it's competition it's almost. a competition and yeah. yoga is not a competitive sport you're not even being competitive with yourself yeah. you know so just because you could do something last week or yesterday or last year doesn't mean that your body can do it today the practice is about listening internally so listening and this is where it becomes much more of a mental practice as mm. well and like i said it's not just a physical practice the mind is involved you know respecting what your mind is doing is it pushing you too far is it hold is your mind holding you back and there's there's so much complexity to it but i would say with injuries definitely do yoga just just listen to your injuries respect them and what do you wear oh you can wear whatever you like i, I don't don't wear Im- jeans <laughs> <laughs> i think it's kind of important what you wear for yoga i don't know okay. yeah only because I think something fitted always helps because if you've got anything with a hood when you're that's in downward dog that's really annoying or if you try and wear something that's nice and floaty and comfy as a top you again downward dog it ends up halfway over your head mm. so yeah yeah that's a really good point actually I have done be it before but yeah you want to be comfortable and I think it's going to be different from person to person but yeah a hood is really annoying especially if you're going to go into downward facing dog I have done that a few times you know when you just want to stay wrapped up <laughs> yeah. You've got your hoodie on, yeah, and you've got like your pajamas and your hoodie on, and you're doing a little yoga practice, yeah, and your hood's just like suffocating you. So yeah, hoods are probably going to get in the way. No dressing gowns. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably not. Again, yeah, I mean, you want to be comfortable, and I think if if you're going to go to a group class, you you know, if you can feel comfortable and feel confident, um, it's probably going to get give you the confidence to get yourself to the class. Yes. Um, I know some people don't like practicing in tight clothes. So yeah, just thinking about you are gonna it's you know it's a dynamic practice. You are gonna be moving the body around, unless you're doing something that is um that is still like the yin the yin practice where we just come into a posture and we'd hold, you know, for a few minutes in each posture. When you really could do that in your and you could do that in your dressing gown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you could do that in your hoodie. But yeah, for something more dynamic, you want to be able to move. That's why you know I said like you know don't wear jeans. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> things like that. And and generally, you know, no shoes, no socks. Yeah. Um, again, I do have students that prefer to practice in socks. Um, you know, that's fine. It's more of a safety thing. You just don't want to mm. be slipping around on the yoga mat. Um, I just think comfort. Go for comfort. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And um, how often would you recommend people practice yoga? I think on social media, we always see this hashtag yoga every damn day, which I do love. I yeah. do love that. Yeah. Um, is it something you think we should be doing every single day or if you maybe twice a week or how often do you or is it different for everyone yeah I think um I think different I think it depends on what style of yoga you're doing and um 
and what your intention is behind it. So I think, so for myself, I would practice a little bit of yoga every damn day, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, I do. It doesn't always look like, um, it's not an hour on a yoga mat, moving into these big, massive postures. It might be, one day it might be that. Mm-hmm. The next day it might be, you know, sitting and breathing. Mm-hmm. The next day it might be a gentle stretch. So I think, a little bit regularly. The more the more time you put in, the more results you're gonna see from it, basically. But you need to be willing to modify it from day to day. I would never recommend anybody to do a dynamic practice seven days a week mm. because it's gonna put a lot of stress on the nervous system. And if you already live in a stressful life, you know, it's the same as going out running every day. It's not gonna bring the nervous system into balance. So I would say a mixture of styles a little bit every day would be great. Even just 10 minutes. Yeah, even just even just pausing and taking three deep breaths. That's mm. that's the yoga because by doing that, you're connecting your body and your mind. You know, your body is breathing. Your mind is focusing on your breathing. The breathing calms the nervous system. So that is a yoga practice. You know, it's three deep breaths. It's taken, you know, 15 seconds, but it is a yoga practice. Yeah. Um, so I think a little bit regularly is useful. Um, but I think at first, I reckon just start with a little bit. You know, like I said, if you feel comfortable to go to a class, try once a week. If you feel comfortable to do some at home, you know, get a, get a video and, and repeat it maybe three times a week. Yeah. Um, and lis- listen internally, you know, your body will tell you when when you need to do more and when you've done enough. It's it's really about about listening it's listening internally i think yoga teaches you that as well just to look inwards and see how you're feeling and there's a difference between i can't be bothered yeah. and i i don't want to my body doesn't want that today and i think when it comes to exercise it's always good before you start to say how do i feel yes i might do yoga this I don't know, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but hang on, what do I need today? Do I need a run? Do I need some weights? Yeah, 100%. Do I need to breathe? A hundred percent. And I, I think that's that's exactly what we need to be doing. And and I think really my my jo- the way I see my job is guiding people on that journey. So I say this a lot in my classes as well. I don't know how your body feels. I don't know where your head's at today. I don't know what emotional state you're in. So if I can guide people just to turn inwards and and to look at that, the answers are inside. The answers are already there for you. And I think that's a big part of our practice because for most of us, for the majority of the day, we're we're looking externally. You know, we're constantly being stimulated by the external world and we're on our phones and then Mm. we're at work and then we're with our children and our families and our friends and then we're in the car Mm. you know we're not kind of just being with ourselves and saying how do I feel today what do I need to to find balance within my body and my mind we don't stop yeah and yoga is that it's that you know stopping creating space and saying let's just pause and see how do I feel um, and we always ask people to do that at the start of the yoga classes, like, you know, how, you know, what's your energy level like? What's your stress level like? What mood are you in? You know, we, and approach that in a really non, non-judgmental way, you know, can I observe myself and get to know myself moment to moment without adding on that extra judgment mm-hmm. and attachment? 
Um, and I think that's a practice in itself. That's a that's a daily practice. Yeah. You know, I think that's probably one of the biggest things I've learned from it is yeah, just checking in. Yeah. yeah, checking in constantly. What kind of results would should we expect to see? Oh, it depends what you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's all about your intention. So if somebody, you know, we we I'm really big on setting intentions. I believe that if you can set your intention before you do anything, that's how you're going to determine what's gonna what you're going to get out of you know, whatever it is you're about to do. So if you're coming to the yoga practice, a lot of people come with a physical intention. You know, I've got an injury or I'm a runner and I need some 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 release work to help me improve my performance or reduce injuries. If you set that as your intention, that's probably what the result that you're going to see. You know, if you want something a little bit deeper, if you say, okay, I'm coming into yoga and I am depressed and I am feeling anxious, then you can, you know, set your intention that, you know, you want to be peaceful and you want Mm -hmm. to feel calm and you want to find more joy in your life. And if you set that as the intention before you practice, that's probably what you're going to get. You know, so I think it's really about each person determining. But even if you come with a physical intention, you're going to get all of it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I always think that because I think people come, I came into it as as a physical practice, you know, but I got so many mental health benefits um, and so much more than that. You know, like when I, when I was first came into yoga, I mean, I'd been on and off antidepressants and beta blockers for anxiety and depression. And I was on and off them still for the first couple of years, but now that I'm consistent with my yoga practice, you know, I don't take any medication anymore. I have other techniques. Mm. And that has been my intention, has been to work on improve my mental health, um, find emotional balance and and build that resilience within myself. And that's what I've got. So I think you can get, you know, whatever you want from the practice. It's just depends where you're at, really. I think um, medication has its place. 100%, it saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, it almost just kind of stops the symptom or you're not dealing with it. And I think yoga can actually make you hit it head on. Yeah. And it teaches you how to deal with these, you know, anxiety and depression and stress. Even I mean, even for me, when I'm on a plane, say, and I'm, I'm not the best flyer, I don't really enjoy it. But you can bring your breath into it. And instead of, yeah, I probably could have popped some kind of hardcore pill um, to knock me out. But I could also heal myself using my own breath. And, you know, I do Reiki as well. And yeah. you can end up healing yourself that way. Yeah. And um, I think medication, I say it has its place. And it's sometimes it's where you, what you just need at the time. But if you can build the yoga practice in, it can be a nice way to wean yourself off it almost. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think it's probably useful for us at this point to, to probably just touch on that is that sometimes through the yoga practice, because we're turning inwards, we start to get to know ourselves and, 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 and bring things up that we, do, that we do need to heal, that we do need to work mm-hmm. on. So it might be, you know, the anxiety around flying, you go, oh, I didn't realise how anxious I got. Um, it can bring up, you know, lots of different things. And then it is, it is just that that opportunity isn't it to then go I, I think about it like um like you're creating yourself a toolkit 
and then through the yoga practice we just pick up different tools like yeah. you said the breathing techniques obviously i do reiki as well so reiki is another one meditation techniques you know being able to observe the thoughts without getting too you know pulled into the story in the head you know it's 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 an amazing it's an amazing way of building up a toolkit it's more than just exercise uh, yeah it? it's definitely more than yeah. than a stretch it's, it's like so, a lifestyle so much more it is a lifestyle yeah, yeah. And I think that's the intention for, for myself anyway, and I think for loads of yoga teachers, is to get people to take these techniques that we teach. You know, they, we might see them once a week or once a month or, you know, once a year. But if we can teach them some techniques that then they take into their daily lives, that then help them cope with whatever that is they need to cope with. You know, we are human beings, and a lot of us go through a lot of stress, a lot of trauma, and you know we need to find ways to to cope with that and that's what the practice is so useful for um so yeah yeah so we've decided to go to a class we've finally picked one that we like um we're all excited how much should it cost us well i mean i think it depends where you are so if we see in manchester i think you you would expect to pay between like seven to twelve pounds for a yoga class Mm -hmm. And the £12 would be more like maybe the city centre um, or more affluent areas, potentially hot classes can be a bit more expensive. A lot of studios like that will offer packages so you can buy a package or join some kind of membership. Get your money's worth. Get, your, mo- get, get your money's <laughs> worth. You've got to get your money's worth. <laughs> That's what us northerners we like to get our yeah. money's worth, don't we? Um, yeah, and then there's, there's, there's lots of different options. I mean, you know, we teach... You know, we teach private tuition, so obviously that comes at a much higher cost. Um, we teach corporate classes where we teach big groups where we can bring the price all the way down to like five pound a person mm. because it's it's a big it's a big yeah. group and they book for a block. So there's definitely lots of ways of doing it. Um, but and between then, seven and twelve, I reckon between seven and twelve. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it would. Like, probably more expensive in London. Oh, yeah, um, but yeah, for for Manchester, I think that's probably about about right. Can you think of one of your favourite results that you've seen with um, one of your, they're not clients, your students? Yeah, I can't think of the word. Same, same, yeah. Um, oh my God, there's so many. <laughs> I don't know. Is there anything that sticks out that you think, oh my God, that that's amazing? Yeah, I think it's, well, the, I can't really think, there's, there's genuinely just so many amazing so i couldn't i don't even think i could pick one one person because there's just i think it the the theme that runs through is is just the transformation off the yoga mat that i see and i think that's what that's what i love the most about the practice is you teach it and all like someone come someone from hong kong messaged me after i'd not seen her for two years and Mm. and she said you know since since doing your classes she said um and you i came back to manchester she said i've i've given up alcohol i realized i was an alcoholic and i've given up my job because i realized that it wasn't good for me and i've started a new career which is much healthier for me and i've moved back home to australia and um and i'm so much happier and she said and she'd remembered something i'd said in a class Mm. i can't even remember what it was but the idea that you know the words you know that those words had, had had such an impact and then that ripple effect of yeah. how it affected her life I think that and that's one story of so many people I think because it is I guess a lifestyle once you yeah. get into it 
in the same way crack is. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> once, <laughs> once you get into um, once you get into yoga, it does it. You you know you kind of pick it up all over throughout your day. It just, yeah, it yeah. transforms. It's it's and that's that's like I always say like yoga is magic. It's magic. It's like this ability to transform things, and I think when I hear a story like that, it's just it just highlights it and. And that's one of so many people like, you know, I've seen people go from being, you know, in the real depths of depression, you know, hopelessness, not wanting to live and and turning the shit around mm. and coming back and going, you know what, I was, cons- I, you know, I, I, I did my yoga practice, whether it's in a studio or at home or just breathing mm. and working on the mental health and then, you know, and then all of a sudden they're finding joy in life yeah. again. You know, we, we had a couple that came to our first ever retreat and I mean they're amazing and they've been to like three more retreats since and um the the husband had never done any yoga before and had just come to support his wife. Wow. And literally probably like the bravest thing a guy wow. could do. Yeah. You know, turning up to a yoga retreat as well, like amazing. And um and they said that, you know, that weekend together like had brought them closer as a couple oh, nice. and that was that was really beautiful i mean literally had us all of us were in tears oh. you know he was like doing a handstand just being uh, fearless and amazing and and she was just celebrating his success and hugging him yeah. and and it was just that that idea that that an, an event a retreat that we'd facilitated had had an effect on their marriage i mean that's just that's amazing isn't mm. it I know myself and my sister. We always say we don't see the, we don't see all the, um, the effects of our of our teaching. We just see the class and then we say goodbye. Yeah. And sometimes we hear more about people afterwards. But we we always think of it as like a positive ripple effect. We drop the stone, start the ripple effect, and we never see how far the ripples go. And and I I love that you know, just seeing people. Like two years later, you can get a message. Yeah, two years later, yeah. you can get a message, and that's a so so many things like that happen and it like it like it just it makes it like it makes me cry because Aww. it just it gives me so much like it just so gives me back, like, yeah I get so much back from it because it gives my life purpose yeah. you know and I think a real theme that we've seen through our classes is people that are struggling with the mental health you know they come for the physical mm. but but then they start realizing that like the the mental health is isn't great and they need they need more support and maybe they're on antidepressants maybe they're not maybe they've got a therapist maybe they're not but the the yoga practice is just another tool we can add to that and I've just seen so many people who have gone you know they look different yeah they come in shoulders are hunched you know they look sad no eye contact you see them like a month or a year or even like at the end of a retreat weekend and they look so bright yeah because they've let go of some of the shit that's holding them mm. back and and they've they've just decided to you know make some changes and, and that's the transformation that I like to see is I don't give a shit what postures people can do yeah. you know it doesn't matter I don't care how flexible you are is your body healthy and are you content internally yeah. you know what's your relationship with yourself and I think that is that's that they're the biggest transformations that I've seen and hundreds maybe thousands there's so, there's so many Great. so many that I can think of what would you say you're that one of the most common reasons for people giving up or failing 
with yoga just saying you know what it's not for me and is there any way that they could overcome that if they really want to do it yeah I think um I think yoga's hard yeah very hard yeah I wait I know yoga's hard (laughs) yoga is hard that's what I should say yoga is hard it is um it's physically demanding it's mentally demanding it's emotionally demanding it makes you confront um anything within yourself your day even yeah everything yeah so it's very it's very it's very confronting and it can be quite intimidating um i think i've seen people kind of stop coming because this may be scared to take that journey inwards because they don't want to process those emotions that they've held on to um and i think that that's absolutely fine I think that people need to do it at a pace that feels comfortable for them. Um, I've also seen people like kind of stop doing yoga because they've overexerted themselves and injured themselves through the practice. And like I said, you know, near the start of our chat, you know, they've they've pushed themselves too far, and that's meant that they can no longer practice, and that's a lesson in itself. Um, I think it's just to come back to it if you've had a period off is about um little baby steps you know just small steps i think um and i know through my journey there's been points where i've practiced and i've gone i don't know if this is working for me anymore Mm -hmm. for example like i used to practice in a busy big studio in hong kong at that period in my life that worked for me like i loved it i love the intensity of it now my practice is me at home in a much more quiet calm environment because that's what works for me now you know I spend a lot of time in groups talking at the Mm. retreats and the workshops so my personal practice is more uh, is more solitary than it used to be um and I think so I think we just need to listen to that guidance you know and, and be willing to let it change you know I think some people think that to be a yogi you have to be a member of a big studio yeah. and you have to go six days a week and you have to be able to do a handstand and a back bend and you know and it's not that you know for some people it is that and no judgment to them that's great but for some people it is just a small quiet practice in their own home for some people it's you know going to a community hall or a church and doing it there you know you've got to find it's got to work for it's got yeah. to be comfortable for you and um and and we're all evolving so it's different at different points in our lives yeah i I totally i completely agree with you i think it just depends on um it kind of i always say just focus on your mat and and that just those little four that little square or rectangle because you can quite easily just be taken off into so many different directions you just want to focus and just see how you feel and yeah yeah Yeah, definitely and and it's weird how it changes like that because I used to love, I really used to love the big groups and the Mm. big workshops. And I think because, like, as I said, I've worked so much on my mental health, on my mindset and my emotions and and processing the things that I didn't let myself process when I was younger, when I was stressed out. So a lot of the time when I practice yoga, I will cry. And, you know, do I want to go and cry in a big studio in the the city (laughs) centre? Probably not. (laughs) 
you know, it, and that, and that's a choice, like, oh, isn't here it? She comes but again. then again, you know, if I find a, if I find a teacher that I'm comfortable with, I will cry in mm. front of them because I've found that space where I feel comfortable. And this is why I think it's just such a personal practice. Like, find what works for you, and be willing to let that change because there might come a day where I'm like, I'm so ready to be in a big group, and that's fine. For the past like eighteen months, for me, it's that's not been right mm. for me. Um. And that, I think it's hard. I have a lot of, like, I really admire those people and I'm proud of myself now for being one that gets a mat out at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a lot easier to do it when there's a teacher in front of you at the front of the class bossing you around. When you have to get out of bed. I mean, I did a practice this morning and my mind was like, oh, you could just have an hour more in bed. But my body was like, no, if you move, you're going to feel better for your yeah. day. You're going to calm your nerves for the podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you know, because I, you know, I'm human. I get nervous yeah. and it's like, and I got myself onto my mat and I felt so, I felt so proud for doing that. And I'm, I'm lucky in the fact that I've done, you know, various styles and various teacher trainings so I can guide myself through a practice. Mm. If you're not a teacher, literally online classes, there's so much oh, choice. God, yeah. There's so much choice and so much diversity and you'll find a teacher and a, and a voice that resonates with you and, and a l- little bit often. No, that's good. Um, if you are already, I won't say a pro, but you're relatively experienced with yoga, how do you recommend you can keep progressing? Mm, I, I think it depends, again, on what you want as far as like progression. You know, is it the physicalities? Um, if that is the case, then I would recommend going to workshops. Generally in the workshops, you've got more time. There'll be two to three hours, if not even more. Um, so you're going to get more depth um, and more more time to warm the body up and then get into postures that maybe you can't get into in an hour's class. So that would definitely be an option. Um, the same with retreats as well. Yeah. It's just an opportunity to disconnect from the day-to-day responsibilities, the day-to-day worries, and go deeper um, into the physical stuff, but also into the, the mental side of things, into delving into the emotions, and then really finding your own, you know, we talked right at the start about yoga being mind-body-soul connection. That third part, the soul, the spirit, the energy, what, start to delve into what does that mean to you, mm. you know, and... I think that is, I think that's where it gets really interesting because everybody's going to have a different experience. Yeah. Everyone's going to explain it in different language. Um, and I think it just gets really interesting then. So I think if you're really committed to a regular practice that, you know, and my own experience with that would be that delving into that deeper side of the practice, into the philosophy, into the um, just what is the meaning of my life Mm. you know why am I here what is my purpose um and how can I be the best version of myself Mm. and the question that I ask myself is how can I serve yeah you know how can I be of service to others because we're all here and we all want to have a nice life and we need money and we need friends and we need fun and we need romantic relationships and all of that but when you find a connection to something deeper within you which says if you do this you're going to be of service to others mm. i mean that gets you out of bed in the morning yeah you know and for me it doesn't matter where i am at that gets me out of bed because i know that i have a life of service 
So I think people that are really committed to the practice and, and really want to go deeper, you know, my, my, my advice with that is start, start meditating, start being still, you know, move your body. Yeah. Move your body. Cause you've got to do the movement too. It can't just be in stillness because the body needs to move. The body needs to stay strong and supple, but then sit in stillness and confront anything within yourself and go deeper and deeper see what see what's in there you know what i mean see how deep it goes and mm. i think that is where that's where it's interesting i always say to people when they're doing that kind of work like come and tell me what happens because <laughs> yeah. they're really interesting stories yeah so yeah okay um what are the best resources resources should i say um out there that you can learn about yoga um i think to learn about yoga you've just got to do it so where, think, where would you think is a good place to find classes or find teachers? <clears throat> is there anywhere? Um, I'm not sure really. I think it depends on your area. I suppose googling your local lo- local. <laughs> <laughs> so I think googling the local area yoga classes is going to be a good place to start, um, because, like I said before, it needs to be convenient for you. So I think literally just getting online, googling it, great. Um, I also think social media is going to mm. help. You're going to get, you know, you're going to be able to connect, connect with, social media is about connecting with people and you're going to find things. So again, starting to follow people on social media, um, things that feel, you know, people that resonate with you, that are bringing some form of um, education or positivity into your life is going to be useful. Um, I mean, I like, I like to like listen to a few podcasts and things like that, but I think that with this practice of yoga, it is about showing up and doing it. Mm. Because what I am seeing quite a lot with with people or what I'm noticing about people, myself included at the moment, is that we can read all the books, we can listen to all the podcasts, and we can take the social media photos. But if you don't do the work... You're not going to see anything. You're not going to see any results. So I would say if you're looking for a home practice, get on YouTube. Mm. Um, we have yoga classes on our yes. website yes, as well. Yes. So theyogafamily.com, we've got five free classes on there um, that are between 20 minutes and 40 minutes long. Um, you know, beginner friendly, working up into kind of people that want to move and flow in a bit more intensity. Um, so yeah, I would say YouTube, Google classes, get on social media and just find what's find what's yeah. near you. Social media is amazing for that, Social media is amazing because it connects us all. I mean, its ability to connect is just, it blows my mind. It's like we've got this way of connecting with everybody around the world now. and it's Literally around the world. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's mental and this didn't exist, you know, and <laughs> yeah. now it does. And yeah. it's, you know, social media, you know, we can look at social media from so many different perspectives. And I think having a healthy relationship with social media is important. Um and it will trigger you. You know, social media triggers us and brings shit up within yeah. ourselves that's not been resolved. Yeah. But you can use it. You can use it. It's pretty. It's a powerful tool. Definitely. It's a really powerful tool for us. And um, and I, I think I think yeah, we can use it to find people. You can use it to find resources as well. A lot of yoga teachers will give like little tutorials mm-hmm. on the social media, um, little bits of advice, um, and little reminders. You know. To, to get your yoga mat out yeah. and practice that's my my concern with social media is that with from a yoga perspective is that it can become entertainment so you could just 
watch everybody's yoga videos. Oh, I could do that. Do you know what I mean? Because it's quite mesmerising, isn't it? Oh, some of them are so good. And they're amazing. Yeah. It's amazing what the human body can do. So you could be watching and watching and watching, but not actually do anything yourself. Yeah. So I think that's where we've got to be a bit mindful is that we can, and it's the same with the podcast. You can listen to all the podcasts, but then you have to apply what did you yeah. learn from that podcast, apply it to you yeah. in your current situation. Don't just put the next podcast on or read the next book. It's about applying what you learn and that's that's where you get the transformations in your life. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. So each podcast, I like to try and talk in- about a different topic. And when I think of you and I guess the yoga family overall, I do think of overwhelm and not in a really bad way. <laughs> like you look like you don't know what you're doing, but in the sense of, you guys just know how to deal with it so well because I speak to you um, when I see you for my classes and you're always, you're doing your practices at home, you do your private classes, you do one-to-ones, you're forever on social media doing loads of different things. Um, and I just, and then I'll speak to you and you go, what are you doing this afternoon? Well, you know, I'm going to try and get like a little bit of me time and I'll read a book or I'll have a snooze. And I'm like, but you've, you've been awake since like five. You work till maybe ten. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, where do you find the time just to like, yeah, I'm just going to get a nap. And I'm like, I need to speak to you guys about this because <laughs> you, you seem to know exactly Aww. what you're doing. So, I think, yeah, I think we've been like, it's it's not always been like that. Definitely not. When I was in Hong Kong... And I was working there. It was just me on my own. And I was just working, 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 teaching, replying to messages on social media constantly, mm-hmm. working seven days a week and um, and bur- get, burning myself out. Burning myself out with something that I loved, you know, which I think people like us, on entrepreneurs that are really passionate about mm-hmm. what they're sharing, that can be a really common theme. Um, so that kind of happened for me in Hong Kong. I wouldn't, I wasn't burnt out like in the, the same way as nursing, but yeah. I did, I did a lot. I didn't know when to say no. Mm-hmm. So since setting up the yoga family, um, when me and Jane first set it up, we really got quite clear that we were building this business that we wanted to put our hearts and souls into, but we were building ourselves a lifestyle as well. Um, so we have worked very hard to build what we've now got and now what we hope to maintain and and to build upon um but that means saying no to things that aren't in alignment with our business philosophy so some things you know people contact us and say do you want to do this and we have to say thanks so much for thinking of us but that doesn't feel quite right for us you know our, our schedule won't allow it um and the when i say the schedule won't allow it it's it's not because we're fully booked all the time, like every single day, but we make sure our schedule is work time and free time mm. um, so that we can have that lifestyle. The main thing is, I mean, you've got to practice what you preach. You, who's going to come and listen to me talk about the philosophy of yoga and looking after your mental health if I am running myself into the ground for the business? Mm. That's not, it's not authentic, it's not real, and people are not going to, they're not going to people can see through you and it's not so that's not going to work so we have to live by what we're teaching which is look after your body look after your mind and um and find and find balance so we've really taken the principles of yoga into the business and into our into our lives 
um, I think one benefit that we have is that we are a team of three people. Yeah. So I do think that I, I do think that works. Um, also, we're all crazy organized. I mean, I say all. Maybe me and Jane a bit more so than Victor. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but we are really we are really organized. So we kind of we're really organized and we're really prepared. Um, we have to be careful with that because sometimes we're so forward thinking. Like, you know, we we're already booked our retreats up until like, you know, next year. Yeah. So we're like 12 months. Our schedule goes 12 months in advance at least. Mm. And that can sometimes be a bit overwhelming. We have to remind each other, bring yourself back into the present moment, bring yourself back into what's happening right now. And that is a theme through the yoga practice, be present. Mm. So if we can practice that, you know, get shit done for the future, but yeah. be but be present, you know, and and have those bound have those boundaries. No, I agree. I um, I obviously having my own business, I am doing everything. I'm trying to fit my yoga in, yeah, and um, uh, doing my social media and the emails and clients and this and that, and it does get to a point where it becomes quite overwhelming. Um, but what I've done recently is just been over the top um organized with a google calendar and so i have my work calendar and then i have my kind of my mental calendar and my jobs and tasks and i have listed from the moment i wake up to the moment i go to sleep every single step how long i have to do it and that might sound so over the top like so disciplined yeah (laughs) but i find if i haven't and i've only just started doing it in like the last couple of weeks but if I don't do that, I find that I've just got so many things to do. I don't know where to fit them in. I've not organised where I'm going to fit them in that I just don't do any of them. Right. And then I have this, oh, got so much to do and where do yeah. I do it? And that really helped me just really structure my day down to, you know, the moment I wake up, going in the shower, da, 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 like properly. Yeah, it's a bit anal, that works but, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I don't think if that works, it works. My days run completely different than that. Like they're probably the exact opposite. So obviously I have certain things that are structured in, which are the classes, yeah. so like your class, yeah. the group classes, the private classes, the workshops, the retreats that are definite structured. But the rest of my time, I leave it um, I leave it open. So I would, um, I have a list on my phone of, for the business of what needs to get done, mm. categorized into the important stuff, which is like tax. <laughs> <laughs> you know kind of like the don't go into prison yeah you know like kind of <laughs> the that, this, that stuff that is like you know staying on top of that yeah. so I might have a couple of things in that list the day-to-day jobs which might be you know a Facebook event a newsletter to send out um retreat things that need doing and then the website and then I also at the end of that list I have ideas because I like I'm really creative I'm always coming up with new ideas I'm like Jane Jane we should do this yeah and I just want to run 100% into each idea, but realistically, I, I need to pace myself. So I try to leave myself more free time so that I can um, so I can enjoy my days as well, so mm. that my day isn't too structured. And that's that's just, well, yeah. that works for me. Yeah. That does work for me. I think... Um, I've structured fun in there. Yeah, well, you've got structured fun, time. good. Yeah. <laughs> fun time is from <laughs> six till eight. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And it's like eight o'clock, no, carry on washing. Yeah, now, we're back to, yeah. now we're back to routine. Yeah, but it's like, it's it's having that, it's having that discipline as well. For me, the discipline is putting my phone down. So like when I've seen you and I say, you know, I'm going to have some time for myself today and, you know, is getting home, eating and then saying to myself, how do I feel 
what do I feel like doing? Is it getting back in bed and having a nap? Because we do get up at five a lot. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I believe in a nice little power nap. Um, is it going out for a walk? Is it meeting somebody for lunch? And I see what do I feel like doing? That's the, really works for me. Um, and I really try to like keep perspective with the business. Like, you know, sometimes in your head when you're an entrepreneur and you run your own business, you know, there's, it feels like everything has to be done now. Mm. And me and Jane, we joke about it, this with each other. Like, you know, we're, we already want to pack for like next year's winter retreat. Yeah. You know, we're like, let's just pack the car now. <laughs> like, we just like take the piss out of ourselves because it's like, you just bring that like playfulness into it and you just realize that a lot of the time, what you're stressing over is so ridiculous. Like it doesn't need to be done at super speed. Mm. And again, it just comes back to the philosophy of yoga. You know, are you listening to yourself? Does it, you know, you know, are you overwhelmed? If you are overwhelmed, what can you let go of? Yeah. You know, are you, have you said yes to every social engagement? And maybe you don't need to do all of them in a week. You know, I believe in being sociable, but also having time for myself. And I, I think all of us need that. So I think it's, you know, checking in with yourself and saying, am I overwhelmed? And what am I willing to let go of? Sometimes it means, yeah, I'm not going to get anything done on my work list today. And that's, and be okay with that. Mm. I'm going to have to cancel that plan that I made with that friend. If that friend loves me, go get it. They're probably overwhelmed too. Yeah, get rid of the guilt with it. Yeah, let go of the guilt. The guilt stops us sometimes from from saying no to things that we want to say no to. And that is what this practice is about, like self-care. Yeah. You know, the more that you embody self-care, the less overwhelmed you feel because you know that something's not working, you let it go. Yeah. You know, so I think um I think having that mindset is what is what has kept us kept us balanced. How do you manage the social media side? Because that in if I'm gonna ask you in a very selfish way, I want to know. Because <laughs> I find that can there's there's so many platforms there's um, people asking questions, there's comments, there's you've got to do this live or this story or the, the mm-hmm. do you it's like a full-time plan- job. Oh, completely. Do you plan that or do you say, I only do social media at this hours or do you just... Again, I think um, I have probably approached it with a, quite a bit of flexibility. There was a point where I did a course and they were really big on social media and I was like, right, I'm going to post it you know, the exact right times to get the likes, to get the followers, to be on everybody's, you know, with the algorithms, to be on everybody's feeds. And um, I don't really care anymore that Mm. much. I think that social media, we can sometimes put a bit too much weight on social media and think that it is the be all and end all to a business. Just because somebody is following you or liking your post as a, from business point of view, does not mean they are buying your products. Yeah. So you can have loads and loads of followers that love watching your videos and listening to you talk and liking your photos but they might not give a shit about what you're selling yeah so from a business point of view it's a lot of energy for no actual reward so one of the things that we kind of me and jane talked about at one point when i was kind of feeling this pressure like you're talking about Mm. to to keep giving and giving and giving in social media um is we sat down and and Jane kind of said to me, that is not our business. Mm. Our business is showing up and teaching in that person's home, in that studio, for that retreat, for that workshop. That is our work. Social media is like an addition to it, but it's not our full-time job. So we do get 
people coming to us through social media and we want to keep we want to keep that connection with people but I try not to let it take too much of my time and energy um so the way we got it working again beauty of being part of a team Jane runs Facebook I run social media right okay and people always say I don't know who's writing back to me (laughs) basically that's it that's the at the moment anyway it could change in the future but that's what works for us at the moment I do the Instagram Jane does Facebook right um and that means that like we're not both being consumed with looking at everything and and potentially overlapping in work as well so it can be different so it can be different as well yeah I mean everything that goes is shared on Instagram automatically goes onto Facebook Mm. but I won't go on and check the Facebook because I know that Jane will do that Jane won't go and check so Instagram because she knows that I will do that um that's we've only been doing that probably for about maybe about four months okay um we just kind of thought we'd try it out and so far it's been working like maybe we'd change it in the future um I think that like divide and conquer kind of helped. Yeah. But again, I think you've got to, from a business point of view, you've got to to look at how much time and energy do I put into this platform and what do I get back from it? Um, you know, I love, I love creating the posts and I love writing on social media and I, I genuinely get, I get a lot back from it. You know, I like the connectivity with people all around the world. Um, and I know that it does remind people where we are and then they might go, oh yeah, I want to go to that workshop. Great, because we are a business. Mm. Um, I'm not going to let it rule my life. If there's a choice between, you know, doing a social media posts and getting outside and going for a little walk or, you know, doing something nice with myself, I'm going to choose that first. Um, and again, I think that comes back to like practice what you preach. Yeah. I can't teach this if I don't live it myself. Has it ever, has social media ever had an impact on your mental health? with the whole you know if you if you just follow every single yogi it must at some point say am I you must think am I good enough 100% compare criticize yeah Yeah, and this is what I said um, I think I said a little bit before about social media will trigger you and I think um, maybe there are people that mm, I'm thinking unless you're enlightened no you will get triggered because it 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 triggers us it triggers us It, it it creates this feeling of I'm not good enough or my life is lacking in some way Um, and we can this is all about just the perspective that we take on it so there have been times where I've taught I remember just this January we taught our chakra balancing workshop and it was packed it's the busiest workshop we've had there was probably 30 people in the room there was 10 people on the wait list we've never had a wait list for a workshop like that and you know the, the 10 people were all messaging us on that day going is there anyone dropping out so you know and the workshop went really well and I would say that it was a success and I went on social media that evening and I saw a workshop that somebody else had ran and this is so ridiculous and unnecessary stress that I caused myself but because this other yoga teacher had given out tea and like bliss balls you know like protein balls after the workshop and we'd not done anything like that I felt like I'd not given enough now Mm. anyone that's been to our chakra balancing workshop knows that I teach this workshop on my own. It all comes from my Reiki master training and I give everything to it. I, I put my heart and soul and all my energy into that workshop. She doesn't give herbal tea, people. But just... I don't give herbal <laughs> tea. And I was like, because I've not given tea, that means that I am not good enough. You yeah. know, it was, but I, what I had to do then is like, look at that, see that as a trigger and, and take a moment just to take a breath and be with myself and give myself a little bit of a reality check of, you know, 
stop comparing yourself to other mm. people because they might have given tea and bliss balls but it, it might have been a really crap shit. yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know no idea you know and it's just and i think i shared this i shared this a couple of days ago on our social media like we need to remind each other and remind ourselves that social media these pictures these videos are just a snapshot mm. of of what that person was thinking or feeling or experiencing in that moment you know and, and if you can apply that rule to all of it, you're going to have a much healthier relationship with social media. You know, you see a picture of um, of a family and you could go, oh God, that perfect family, that perfect family photo. You don't see the work that those people have to put in to re- maintain those relationships, you know. Or just take that picture of all, everyone smiling. Yeah, when the when kids, the kids are running yeah. around or whatever's happening. Yeah, or you see, you know, a picture of somebody in a certain yoga posture but you don't see the hours and hours and hours that they spend to put up that picture you know you see a picture of me and Jane smiling but you don't know that one of us was having a you know a confidence crisis that morning you know that's not that's not Mm. shown so we just have to remember that it is just a snapshot and that we can if we have the you know a healthy relationship with it it can be it can be amazing yeah you know, it can be amazing. And I love going on it now. I love seeing, um, I love seeing friends and students and people all around the world sharing what they're doing and, and sharing, you know, their, you know, their happy times. Mm -hmm. And I look at that and I know that that is a moment of them looking happy. I know that beneath that could have been loads of suffering, Mm -hmm. but I'm happy for them that they have that moment and they can share it on social media. And they felt confident enough to share it. Yeah, definitely. Someone said to me, another business said to me recently, like, oh God, you guys are smashing it. You Mm -hmm. know, you're so busy all the time. And I was like, we're doing really well. And I'm not taken away from that success. I'm so proud of the success, but we we speaking for all yoga te- you don't put a picture up when no one turns up to your class yes right? <laughs> do you know what i mean like we have had a lot of things that have failed you know we have had classes that have been cancelled because nobody shows up yeah. you don't put a picture up of yourself like you know crying because yeah. no one came or worse one person came yeah and you know you- that's almost worse sometimes <laughs> yeah. you're like i'd rather no one came up and i could just go home Eat some chocolate and feel sorry for myself, but and no, no one knew about it. One person it. here, I made minus fifteen pounds <laughs> yeah. for this class, and and you know, but that's happened so many times. And yeah. I had an experience of one class in a CrossFit gym that we don't we don't run this class anymore. It was it didn't it didn't become successful, but I had this one class that this one girl came up, and at the start of the class, I was thinking, oh god, this is such a failure, and I literally had to give myself a, a talking to and go, give this girl the best class. Mm give her exactly what she needs she for some stroke of luck has just ended up with a private class for five pounds do you know what i mean like so give her the best private class that you can and walk away from that class and feel proud that you didn't let it dampen your spirits and that's about having that deeper connection with yourself you know because that's hard it's really hard and i did i turned it around and that and that's that girl now she's lovely she's become a friend She's been on a retreat. She's been to workshops. I do some community work with her, you know. And I decided in that moment, I can see this as a failure or I can just see that for whatever reason, the universe has decided that she gets a private class yeah. for a fiver. So give her a private class as if she'd paid £100 for it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, sh- this is what she gets. Yeah, she's come for you, hasn't she's she? She's come, yeah. yeah. And she's shown up. So you have to show up for her. So, yeah, I think with social media, we just need to keep 
you know, keep keep re- giving yourself a reality check with it and knowing that it is just a small part, you know, of, of that person's day. And you're not alone, you know, because no. as much as you... It's so easy to compare, I think, with social media. Compare yeah. and criticise. that like, the two are the worst things. And it's good to know that you're not alone. And even though... I mean, I try not to scroll on yeah. because I find it, it can start off like, oh, that's so nice. And by the end of it, it's like, oh my God, my, yeah. my house isn't as nice. My, my face isn't as yeah. pretty. My body's <laughs> not as good. And um, yeah, I think it's really important to know that you're not alone. You, you, um, you, everyone isn't, everyone's life isn't like what it is in social media. And yeah. they're going through shit just like you are and you might have just caught them on a bad day or they decided to post and that that post might have been from six months ago and they just decided to find a nice picture and stick it up yeah so yeah, yeah. and you never you just and you just never know you know like I said before you know I never know what people are coming into that class with you know when they turn up I don't know what their bodies have been through their mind you know and it's exactly the same when you're looking on social media or you're walking down a street you never know what is going on inside somebody. Mm. And we are, as humans, we are so good at wearing a mask. We are so good at showing. As Brits. Yeah, we're so good at hiding the emotions. We just shove them down and pretend they disappear. They don't disappear. They're inside yeah. you, waiting to bubble back up. But you never know, you know. I've had people looking at me and going, oh, you know, you're just happy all the time. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fuck happy all the time. <laughs> or, or Sarah, you're so peaceful. Mm. And I'm like, sometimes I'm peaceful, sometimes I'm angry. Sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I compare myself. Sometimes I don't feel any comparison. You know, we are such complex human beings and, you know, it's just important. And the more you learn that about yourself, you can then apply it to other people, to social media or just day-to-day life, you know. Mm. And I think in business, it's, it's really important to have to have that especially your small businesses you oh, know gorgeous. what a risk we took when we like set up the businesses yeah. you know it's so scary and I know for me like I you know it's hard not to be competitive you know because and competition's good yeah it, well, it yeah. keeps you it keeps you on your toes yeah. and, and it and it sh- and it makes sure you that you stay on top of your game yeah. you know because we you know, as well, like for myself, if I'm going to teach yoga, I need to make sure that I I live it, you know, and I believe in what I'm teaching. I'm not going to stand in front of people and preach something that I don't believe and that I haven't personally tried myself. So that's really important. But it's, and I, I, I support the, you know, the, the other yoga teachers that are coming out as well. It was easy for me to look at these other yoga teachers and go, wow, they're amazing. I'm so mm. intimidated. Or just go, I don't know what that person's been through yeah. that brought them. You know, people might not know my story of what, what brought me to yoga. What has that person been through that brought them to yoga? And they have this big open heart and they want to share it. Mm. Great. Yeah. You know, we need... Somebody said to me recently, oh, you know, yoga's really oversaturated now in Manchester. I was in Hong Kong. This is, <laughs> yeah. This is nothing. <laughs> yeah. This is nothing. And I, was, and I was in Hong Kong and we were all really busy. All of us worked loads so this is not an oversaturated market. Mm. This is how many people are doing yoga? How many people are not doing yoga? How many people are going to a gym? But how many people are not going to a gym yeah. yet? You know, there's there's so much, there's so many people that we've not even spoken to yet. We've not even got into contact with mm. yet. So I just use social media for that. Yeah. Just say, let's just get more and more people in, into it and 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 looking after themselves and if it's not on a yoga mat however it is just 
look after yourself. And are you, you, I know you were saying you do yoga pretty much every day. Yeah, I do a lot um, of it. I wanted to ask, do you have a morning routine? A morning routine at all? Is there something that you have to do and your day just isn't quite right without it? Um, probably not. I think this is probably where um, I'm probably different than I used to be in that um, I don't, I suppose my only routine is checking in with myself. Mm-hmm. That is my, that is what I do. Um, and if I don't do that, I know that I'm just moving through my day unconsciously doing what needs to be done. I'm not doing it with the intention of being balanced internally. So I will check in with how I feel before I do anything. And that determines my day. Um, obviously a lot of the time my alarm goes off at quarter past five. Oh. So, you know, coming, we're getting up early to come and teach, you know, private classes, group classes, corporate classes. So at that time, I reckon I'll probably just get up, push my teeth and get out of the house. But there's got to be a point of like, of checking in at some point in the early morning so that I can determine my day. Um, and having that dialogue with myself, how are you today? What do you need? You know, I think that's where my practice is at the moment. And then the day is however it is, you know, and letting letting it letting it take its course. Um just without too much rigidity. That's that's what works for me at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Um final question. Ooh. Uh can you name I can see you peeking. What are you peeking <laughs> like, for? No, no peeking. <laughs> um can you name something that you find really inspiring or something that's really inspired you, whether it be like a book or um a podcast a, a youtube video or i don't know a person is there something that is really kind of i suppose you'd like to share with everyone yeah i suppose the first person that um jumps to mind when you say that is um i'll just i love gabrielle bernstein mm. i think she's yeah. amazing yeah. and i just think that she's brought a lot of spiritual values and lessons into a into a you know really relatable way Mm. and I think that it's well worth picking up her books universe has got your back I think you've got to pick it up and read it and and see where that takes you um because it just takes you a bit deeper yeah um so she's the first person that I would I would think of the other thing that is for me is um there's a book I can't remember who it's by but the book is called the chakra project okay and that is another book that um a student recommended it to me after I'd done Reiki for it and I really like that again because it takes these really kind of deep big life lessons um about the energy within each person and makes it really relatable and I think that is a book it also it's a really pretty book mm. so it's one of those that you could have it out on your coffee Aww. table it just looks nice it just looks really nice it's very Instagrammable <laughs> with like your, your coffee the and your, project. yeah the chakra right, okay. project yeah and I think that just um takes you know, the parts of yoga that maybe people in our society are a bit out there, you know, they're talking about the energy and the soul and the life purpose and the chakras, which are like energy points. Mm. What I love about that book is it makes, it brings that and it makes it really relatable to day-to-day life of what is my energy doing and how can I um, work through that and make changes in my life? And I think that's another one. I'd l- try to make every single student buy it because I think I'm it's just yeah you need oh you yeah. need to get it it's so good and it's it just it opens your minds and I think where we are at the moment in our society is that you can feel there's like this big change happening or it has been happening definitely for a couple of years where people are starting to wake up the picking you know 
non-conventional medicine over going to the GP. Mm. It's changing. Yeah. I'm not taking away from the GPs. I think that has its place too. I think it all does. But there's this change happening where people are starting to turn inwards and start to do yoga, to meditate, to um, understand, you know, different forms of healing like Reiki, reflexology, you know, there's so many. Mm. And I think people are really starting to open up We're to taking that. taking it back almost now, aren't Yeah, we, so. and I'm so pleased that that's mm. happening because that's what's going to create this change. And that is the, you know, that is what the yoga practice is. It's turning people inwards and saying... And, and that's what's empowering about it. And I think, you know, coming from Western medicine and being a nurse where it was about, I'll fix you or here's your prescription and this is what you need to do. I think the thing that I love about the philosophy of what I'm teaching now, it's saying to people, what do you think you should do? And where can you make the changes in your life, in your lifestyle, in your movement patterns, in your thoughts and your feelings where can you and that's why it's empowering mm. rather than disempowering which is the state that many of us have lived in which is i go to the doctors they give me a prescription and that makes me better yeah what we're trying to teach people and when i say we i mean like all of the healers and the yoga teachers and the um you know all of us are trying to get people to say look inwards and and how can you make those changes and how can you make yourself healthier and happier so yeah i think those those two books um they've been they've been big for me these past couple of years i think um well i find the i try and think inward so much more now and that is probably from doing yoga and probably just from practicing with you guys is that every week you will say how are you feeling today what yeah. do you need and um, it almost becomes a habit yeah because it's so easy to just get up and go and um i think just if I can give a tip for anyone is just to, when you wake up in the morning, like you say, just how do I feel today? And just don't judge it. It's not, it's not, you know, if you feel tired, if you feel achy, if you feel happy, if all those different things, it's just how, it's just a thing, you know, and you don't judge it. And then you almost base your day on that. Yeah, absolutely. And move and start, that's your starting point for your day. I feel tired. Okay. And, I need to be mindful of that maybe like baby I need, steps uh, baby steps yeah I feel happy cool get out of bed and dance you know I feel sad maybe you need to wrap a blanket around your shoulders and have a little bit of a cry yeah you know instead of denying what you feel it's like it's like looking inwards and smiling at yourself and saying I'm just gonna be loving and kind to myself whatever that looks like I think and that's why I've kind today. of today yeah. in this moment yeah. and watch it change I mean the amount of emotional states we can go through in a day god it's like crazy you know i oh, can god, start yeah. the day feeling great and then i'm angry and then i'm irritated and then i'm happy and then i'm grateful you know it's all it's it's this journey each mm. day is like a journey but there's a place within me where i can observe that and go and i'm okay with that mm. and i'm going to observe this journey and this roller coaster of emotions and and be okay with those changes where we find the disconnects is where we're like i like don't I don't want to feel angry. I don't want to feel sad. You know, and we're resisting these mm. emotions and, and resisting these it. and judging it. Or I'm a bad person because I feel like this. Like, you know, so much of this is self-care and self-love. You know, can you observe yourself and be accepting? And that's why I, I really let go of the rigidity day to day for myself because I used to be like, this is my day and this is how it has to be. And now I give myself a lot more freedom within my day and allow myself 
because I could say this is what I need to do today but if I wake up and my body is like needs something different mm. you know if I wake up and go I'm going to go to that yoga class I want to go to the gym I'm going to go out for a walk and I'm like oh my body needs something different and do something different you yeah. know listen to it and that's you know and I, I use that kind of tool in every area of my life in my friendships and relationships and my work life balance Instagram as well like I'll happily log off Instagram for a few yeah. days if it's not if it, if if I'm going through stuff and that's not helpful then don't I log be scared you don't can be log scared. off <laughs> yeah like delete the app you can always get it back you know yeah. don't be scared to 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 cancel on your friends and say not today you know and and that and be okay with that you know and don't be you know don't be scared to say like you know I'm not going to and this is I suppose why with a lot of our yoga classes we've left it quite free that people can come and go as they please mm. to allow that freedom so that they can say I want to come today and that's right for me and then some days say it's not right for me to come today and then that discipline of those people that comes every that come every week that discipline is them it's not because we force them to that's their choice so they can be proud of their discipline because we didn't force them you know and that that freedom and I said it 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 works for me and it's um we're so rigid and once we've got a plan it has to be that way and I just and we can't heal we can't be Mm. happy and content when we live like that it's so controlled Mm. and you know like I said like to read like the universe has got your back because I think when you go on this journey inwards and you start to find a deeper connection with your your soul, your spirit, your energy, whatever you want to call it, and you start to find a a deeper, you know, purpose behind your life, you start to say, you know, if you control everything, there's no space for, for, you know, the universe to to come in and guide you. You know, whatever you want to call it, the universe, divinity, grace, God, you know, whatever yeah. you whatever you want to label as something bigger than you. Mm. But if you can leave those little spaces and you can leave that bit of freedom and say, mm, I don't know what is best right now. I don't know where I'm meant to be. Um, you know, I heard a story of someone saying like, you know, they had plans with friends, you know, and they just felt intuitively that it's not what they wanted to do. And they just wanted to go to the supermarket and buy some food. But they get to the supermarket and they bump into somebody and that person is like soulmate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're too rigid, you can't let those like magical moments, moments happen. Yeah. You know, like when we're so controlled and we want to control things. That's why we feel safe. But yeah. the the magic happens outside of outside of that control. And that's why I think reading something along the lines of the universe has got your back, or kind of watching some of Gabrielle Bernstein's YouTube videos can be a really nice place to to start Absolutely. that journey. Yeah, she's um, great. Where can everyone find you? Well, our website is theyogafamily.com mm-hmm. and the same on Instagram and Facebook, The Yoga Family. And you'll see lots of pictures of me and Jane and Victor. And some amazing... I love your <laughs> videos. They're just Thank so... You. I could literally sit and just scroll through them because they're so inspiring and you've got the nice quotes. And, oh, yeah, I'm so pleased. It's nice. It's nice that, the, like I said, just developing that healthy relationship with social media I've, I do feel like we've got to a place now where we do have a healthy relationship with it. I log off when I want to. I'm on it when I want to be. I share more when I want to. I don't share at all when I don't want to. And I think I've got to a place where I'm okay with that. And um, we always try to be as real and as authentic as we can be. And, um, you know, hopefully 
people see that. Yeah, hopefully people feel that. We've had a lot of really nice um, feedback on our social media, which has been nice. You know, we don't have low, we're not like hundreds and thousands of followers or anything like that. And and it doesn't really matter to us. You know, we're, like I said, the three of us, we're all busy working. We have a nice work-life balance and... um, yeah it's nice I, l- I love it I love the connectivity with it I've, more recently I've been doing some more little videos of my face talking yes, mainly because yes, you yes. told me as well you were like this is what people like and I was we like do. you're right you know and it was I did the first one because one of my students messaged me and said I haven't seen a video of you talking for ages and then I did the first one and I got messages from my friends around the world that were like I feel like I'm sat having co- coffee with you and yeah. hearing you t- tell me a story and and that was nice you know I always worried that it would seem a bit like narcissistic or egotistical, but people just like to like, yeah. yeah. And I think it depends how you're doing it. It's not like, yeah, so today I'm doing this yoga practice. I'm going to do a headstand for 15 minutes. What are you doing? It's (laughs) not like that. It's like, hi everyone, how are you? I mean, more recently, like this week, it was like me telling people like, you know, I woke up, I had palpitations one day and what the breathing exercise I use to control my heart rate and calm my nervous system. So we try to make sure that what we're sharing on it is of use yeah. and it, again it comes back to the intention behind it my intention is always to just create that positive ripple effect and inspire people to to do what's right for them you know I want you to follow me and just watch videos of me flailing my legs around upside down you know that's not you can do that too. you can do that <laughs> yeah but like I don't know what value that has but if I can say here's a technique try it yeah to me that feels like it has more value so just try to make it authentic and Well, I think you are very valuable and very authentic. (laughs) Um, And I really appreciate you coming on because it was kind of a last minute. And I'm glad you made it happen. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. So thank you so much. And thank you for all your amazing advice. And I can't wait to listen to this again. Oh, it's been such Um, a pleasure. Thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast and if you want to find out any more information you can visit my website choi.life and click on the podcast link if you want to learn any more information about sarah and the yoga family i have added all the information you need in the show notes plus if you want to continue to listen to these podcasts please don't forget to subscribe to get an update every time a new one is released thank you so much for listening i can't tell you how much i appreciate it have a great day and i'll see you next time